Welcome back, everybody, to another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King. Got a recruiting edition of the show to bring you guys today because Auburn had a great, great Thursday. We talked about it earlier in the week on the roundtable that we might have some good news for Auburn to look forward to on Thursday. And they got it. They delivered. Auburn was able to, able to pull off two really big football commitments, one of whom is also going to be playing basketball or at least is planning to play point guard for Bruce Pearl's program. So, of course, there's nobody better to break down everything that happened on Thursday and the two big commitments that shot Auburn up the recruiting rankings rankings than our great recruiting insider at Auburn Undercover, Keith Niebuhr. Glad to have him back on the show today. We will get right into that discussion right now. So one of the bigger days for Auburn recruiting in the last few months, really of the Brian Harson era since he got onto campus. Um, a great day for the Tigers today, picking up a pair of four stars, Trey Donaldson um, from Florida. He's going to play both football, plans to play both football and basketball. He's a top 20 point guard prospect and a four star safety in the 2022 class. And then later in the day, getting Amari Kelly, who has trended, who trended the past few months back to Auburn. Um, one of the best players overall in the state of Alabama, um, the top athlete in the state, and they're projecting him to play wide receiver. So Keith will go, we got Keith Niebuhr here, Auburn undercover recruiting insider. Keith will go in order of when they committed Trey Donaldson. Um, this is now the second straight year that they've gotten a four-star safety out of Florida state university school. Um, and he says he's going to play football and basketball. Well, let's talk about the football side of things first. Um, who was recruiting him the hardest and how did Auburn land him? Yeah. Well, you know, the old Auburn staff offered him and you remember who the old, uh, one of the old DB coach was uh, coaches was at Auburn, and that was Wesley McGriff. Uh, so he offered him you know, a year ago, and then after the last season when he was let go with the the old Auburn staff, he ended up at Florida. So Florida was always going to be involved in this, and they were uh, at the end didn't push as much as, as Auburn, but Florida was a school. Uh, I think Florida State was more involved for the basketball elements. He did have a lot of football offers. I mean, he guys a really good player. I mean, you think he's not only, he's not only a two sport guy. Okay, four stars in both sports, basketball as a point guard in football, as a safety. But he doesn't just play safety. He plays every snap, basically. He's also the team's starting quarterback. And it's a well-known high school in Tallahassee, FSU High. They're in the playoffs every year. Uh, smaller school, but they play a good brand of football there. Uh, it's smaller mainly because, you know, as you get northwest of Gainesville, the state's fairly rural. Tallahassee is a decent-sized town, and there's a lot of schools there, but there's not a lot of schools that they can compete against. Um, excuse me, there aren't a lot of big schools. So, uh, even the small schools have a lot of talent. Um, and so it's a unique part of, of uh, high school football in the panhandle. I guess he's in the Big Bend area, but from you know Tallahassee over, Lake City over, really. A lot of good football at the small schools. So anyway, he does everything for his school, not to get off too, too off track here, but he does everything. You know, quarterback, he was the uh, Big Bend player of the year on offense for the Tallahassee Democrat, the newspaper there. And then on defense, you know, he does a lot of things. So uh, Nathan, I already forgot your question. I, I just start talking and then, you know, I lose track of things. So what, I mean, but the bottom line is the guys are really dynamic football talent. So he's been splitting time at all these positions and then multiple sports. So, you know, as good as he is at safety and Nathan, you can ask me questions. I can break down what I've seen on film. You know, we, he, this, he may just be scratching the surface. Um, so he's, uh, he's a unique talent for sure. 
So, so you had Wesley McGriff at Florida. Yeah. And yeah. Marcus Woods, I know you said ba- basketball was more the thing for Florida State. Yeah. So you had two former was. Auburn coaches trying to pull him to yeah. those Florida schools. Yeah. Yeah. And people may say, why didn't FSU want? I, I don't know that they didn't. I just, it, I just know they didn't recruit him as hard in football as some of the other schools. And, you know, every schools have different tastes and different needs. You know, your, your needs vary year to year, but, you know, Auburn's already got two safeties committed and Jawan Gaston, who signed in the last cycle, who's now in junior college, could be back at Auburn in January. So you wouldn't say it's a huge need for Auburn knowing what you already have, but the, you know, Brian Harson's staff and, and I think Mike Bobo is the area recruiter there because Tallahassee essentially is right just on the other side of the border from Southwest Georgia, which is where Mike Bobo grew up, Auburn's offensive coordinator. So he handles the recruiting in that area, but, Really, the guy he grew closest with on the football side was Derek Mason. Now, obviously, the basketball coaches, he probably got even uh, a tighter bond with. But, you know, as a safety, Nathan, he, he's a he's a physical kid. He's listed at like six foot or six one. Now, he swears he's six two and he's getting taller. And, and that's what he says. So, uh, you know, you watch his film and all the skills that make him a really hard player to tackle at quarterback translate to defense, the hips. That's what you want to see out of your secondary guys, being able to flip the hips. Well, he's got great hips on offense. It translates to defense. Uh, One cut ability, puts the foot in the ground when he's carrying the ball, when he's taking off and running with it, uh, puts that foot in the ground and goes in another direction. Well, that change of direction makes uh, effortless change of direction, by the way. COD coaches always talk about college coaches. That makes him very fluid in the secondary, you know, being able to stay with receivers, backpedal, all that stuff, the hips, combined with the one-cut ability and the movement in the open field. He's got good speed. I wouldn't say he's a complete burner, but fast enough and definitely football fast. And then also, uh, he's got really good hands. Uh, you know, you, you expect him to be. That's why quarterbacks oftentimes are the holder for, for uh, you know, for kicks and stuff because they got good hands too. And, and he's got that. I mean, he could probably play Division One receiver. I mean, the guy could probably play safety, uh, either safety spot, I don't know if he's a true nickel because I don't know if he's a burner, but he could play like the star position, a hybrid safety linebacker spot. He could maybe even be a, a, a you know an outside linebacker, smaller outside linebacker. And then on offense, uh, you know Charlie Ward is his high school basketball coach, the great Charlie Ward, a Heisman winning quarterback at FSU. And we'll talk a little bit about him a little bit later, a little more about him later. You know he thinks he could play quarterback in college. He could probably be a running back receiver. I mean, the guy's a truly dynamic athlete, but he can, so he's got these great hands and you watch his video and his interceptions look effortless. I mean, he just throws the hands up, it's in the hands. And then he's got that suddenness, you know, that change of what do they call it? Where the change of possession, that sudden, sudden change or whatever. I'm forgetting all the terms, Nathan, right at the point when an interception happens, he's already, there's no hesitation. He's already going in the other direction. Okay, so there really isn't much he can't do. And, you and you know, I, quite honestly, I wonder why he's not rated a little higher. Uh, and I don't say that about all the guys. I'm not one of those guys that thinks every Auburn commit is underrated. Uh, I'm actually the opposite. I think sometimes we overrate him a little bit. But he uh, I mean, he's maybe it's the you know, he's not a four four guy, but man, he's a fluid athlete out there. And I think I think if he chooses to play football and he's saying he's going to play both. All the interviews say he's going to play both. He's going to try it. Um, and it won't be easy, but man, I, I think he can, I think he can play. And, and, you know, obviously, uh, smoke Monday is going to be gone. Um, you know, there's going to be a chance to, to play next year for somebody. And I don't know, I, I, gosh, if he's out there practicing with them, I don't see why he couldn't be in the two deep. I mean, I, I just think he's a unique talent. 
Yes. Uh, so if by Darius Knighton becomes Auburn's yeah. starting safety, both of those guys will be gone smoking by Darius. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's exactly. lean in a little bit to that. You did a great story with Charlie Ward, I believe last week. Um, always cool to talk to a, to a Heisman winner, but oh, yeah. he's now, so Trey Donaldson becomes Auburn's only 2022 commitment. They had Sage Tolentino, the seven footer out of Hawaii. He decommitted. I believe he, he ended up going to Cincinnati yeah. for basketball, um, for basketball. For yeah, basketball. The yes. That's now right. the, the, the only one in the class for Bruce Pearl. He's the number 18 point guard um, in the class. Bruce Pearl thinks he's going to be a great floor general. He's really kind of a, a commander there on the floor. What did Charlie Ward tell you about what he's able to do um, on the basketball court and and kind of what, what, how do you evaluate his skill set there? Yeah, and I don't know if you're going to ask any more about football, but I should point out that was, uh, you know, he was commitment number 10 for Auburn. They picked up another one, so that's 11. But anyway, uh, in, in football, but uh, you know, look, I, I think it's safe to say Bruce Pearl's point guard evaluations are pretty on point, right? Uh, I mean, Davion Mitchell didn't finish his career at Auburn, but he started it there. Uh, Jared Harper, outstanding. Uh, Sharif Cooper, NBA. I mean, I so I think Bruce and Wes Flanagan and Stephen Pearl. Wes Flanagan was the uh, uh, the lead recruiter with Trey Donaldson. I think they kind of know that position, I would say, you know. Uh, I, I can't imagine anybody arguing the opposite, but maybe there's somebody out there. So I think they just see what we see on the football field. I mean, I'm a football guy. Um, I grew up actually watching a lot more basketball. That doesn't make me a talent expert, a talent evaluator, but my guess is they're seeing a lot of the same things, the fluidity. Uh, and then, you know, and so you, your question was, what does Charlie Ward think of him? Well, Charlie Ward says, hey, I see a lot of the same things in Trey Donaldson that people saw in me. In other words, I anticipated plays on the basketball court before they happened. Saw it with Sharif Cooper. I had a chance to see him play a couple of times in high school. Had really kind of lousy shooting nights, the games I was at. But he anticipated everything. He, he made passes. You know how in, in football, Nathan, and uh, quarterback will throw the ball before the receiver's even gotten out of his break because they know where he's going to be? Basketball, it happens too. And it's got to be, it's, it's you know, and he can do it. And, and, and Charlie Ward could do it and, and, you know, Sharif Cooper. And so I know I'm talking in circles here, but that's what Charlie Ward sees in him. And Charlie Ward wasn't just a Heisman winning quarterback at FSU. He was also a point guard on an FSU basketball team. I actually saw him play uh, in person when he was in college in both sports. Uh, he had one of his great games ever in, in football. And then in basketball, he turned around and did about the same thing and, and beat Florida both times. It's a fantastic athlete, but he also started for 10 plus years, I think in the NBA as a distributing point guard, uh, a guy that understands vision and predicting things uh, instinctively before they would happen. And he sees that in Trey Donaldson. And again, that was Sharif Cooper. That was Jared Harper. I mean, could they shoot the lights out at times? Absolutely. Especially Jared. But, you know, I, I think that that's what they see in this guy. And you look at his high school stats and they don't blow you away, man. It's like, you know, 13 points, 3.8 assists, 3.5 rebounds, nothing that blows you away. But remember that, a lot of high school basketball games end up 45 to 42 and these aren't 90 point 90 to 87, you know what I mean? So uh, this guy can really play. And he also obviously on the, the, you know, the off season circuit, whatever it's called now, AAU used to be what we called it. Uh, he's done big things there too. So he had a lot of schools offer him in basketball. FSU came around recently. They were a little late to the party, but they did offer him. You're talking about now, you know, granted Leonard Hamilton has never gotten into 
the final four, but you're talking about a program that is competing for ACC championships every year going, you know, sweet 16 or better in the NCAA tournament and producing high round draft picks. Louisville offered him basketball, Florida offered him in basketball. I mean, this is a guy that, that, you know, is a dynamic athlete as a, especially as a distributor. But Charlie says, now here's the interesting thing. You know, I, I mentioned earlier, what could he do if he, when he doesn't have to play quarterback anymore and he can just focus on safety. Well, Charlie says, Keith, imagine what he could do if he wasn't focusing on football, if it was just basketball only. And we could talk about that when you want here, but uh, he thinks the sky's the limit for this guy that he's, you know, he's losing how many months a year playing football. And so if you eliminate that, he's just a basketball only guy. And again, he's planning to play both in college, at least initially. Uh, But you, you start thinking, okay, now when the guy puts everything into one sport, you know, how good could he be? How much will his instincts grow? How much uh, will his endurance grow during the basketball season? You know, all that stuff. He brings a physical, uh, the physicalness from football. He translates that to basketball. He's not afraid to get in there and mix it up. He can be a guard that can get in there and get you some rebounds. He can be an in-your-face defender that's not going to fall down easily. You know what I mean? He'll get in there and take charges. He's a physical guy. He's not, he loves contact on the football field and thus it doesn't intimidate him as it does with quite a few basketball players. It doesn't intimidate this guy on the basketball court. So uh, he's a very intriguing prospect. No question about it. And, you know, the reason why he became Auburn's number one point guard prospect, Nathan, is because, as you know, in May, when, you know, Scoot Henderson, a five-star target out of the Atlanta area, who was, you know, um, everybody and their brother thought that this guy was going to end up at Auburn, ended up opting to go instead the professional route and play in the G league. So when Auburn missed on Scoot Henderson, a guy that they put a couple years worth of work into it within a, a very short time, just within a week, I want to say they had moved on to Trey Donaldson and offered him and made him the number one priority point guard. And he knew that he was sort of the backup plan, but he never felt slighted because he knew he's a smart kid. Let me just point that out. He knew that Auburn had invested. Well, one Auburn had been talking to him for a long time. They just hadn't offered. So they'd kind of kept him abreast of the situation. He knew what was up. They didn't want to offend Scoot Henderson by offering other point guards. He couldn't risk losing him to go after somebody else. But, uh, and Trey understood that he knew that Auburn put in a lot of work with Scoot and wasn't in the position to offer him until they knew what Scoot was going to do. So once Scoot Henderson decided to go the G League route, then it became, uh, you know, a situation where it was okay to now offer this young guy. He, again, did not take it as a slight. Obviously, he's committed to Auburn. Uh, so um, that's really how it kind of took shape. They offered him. He visited Florida the next week, called Florida his leader by a lot. A few weeks later was in Auburn, and that really kind of changed his recruitment around. And now he's an Auburn Tiger, or bound to be. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Yeah, so I guess Brian Harson and Bruce Pearl will be fighting over him. You know, he'll try to do both. Maybe he'll, maybe yeah. he'll want to do one way or the other. We don't see you know, guys like that very often, you know. So yeah, be, well, well, sorry, Nathan. Go ahead. I was just saying it'll be interesting. I know South Carolina had a running back a few years ago who did it. Um, yeah, Bruce Ellington. Bruce yeah. Ellington. Well, you know, back in the day, I mean, you know, 
me, some of us are a lot older than you here, Nathan, you know, Charlie Ward, obviously he played point guard. He played quarterback. I mean, geez, talk about two positions that take a lot of your focus. Here's the problem. Now safety, obviously probably is a position that you could, you could maybe, I don't want to say it'd be easy, but easier than quarterback. Let's put it that way. Easier than point guard and quarterback. But so here's the real issue. If you play football in the fall and, and, you know, you don't carry a lot of point guards on your basketball roster. Let's just suppose you carry three or two, let, three or two, two or three, you're not going to have four probably, and you're not going to have one. But if you have three, let's say, or, or even two, and, and one of them is playing football all fall, okay, then the season doesn't end till late. What if you make it to a New Year's Day bowl? What if you, you know, when does he, when does the kid say, okay, um, if he's playing a lot on the football field, you know, he may not be able to start practicing till late December at the earliest, um, well, maybe early December after the Iron Bowl, if you're not in the SEC championship game. But then, then how long, Nathan, does it take to get your basketball legs? Totally different than football legs. Totally different. Then, you know, how long before you get your shooting touch back, before you've built any sort of chemistry with your basketball teammates? And then the counter to that is the, the basketball team has played, gone through pra- preseason practice and the first, what, eight to ten games of the schedule without you. And, and so what if you – you know, what if they really need you? What if you don't have many point guards and you're three and five at that point? You're now all of a sudden the, the, the pressure's on to win games to get in the NCAA tournament. So it's just not an ideal situation to do both. And not because guys can't do it, but because of the transitional time. And then in the spring, suppose um, it looks like Trey's going to be the starting safety. He's going to be battling for the position. Well, you got basketball season. That team could be going far, Okay. Uh, and let's suppose you make it to the Elite Eight or the Final Four and you miss all that, all of spring practice with the football team. Then come August, you're way behind the, again. I mean, it's it's so it's, you know, I, that's why people think that's what makes it so hard. That's what makes it so hard. Baseball you, is a little bit different situation because I don't care what baseball people I Look, I like baseball, but I mean, you can put nine guys out there that never played together. A pitcher and a catcher have to have some chemistry, but come on. It's not like football and basketball in that sense. I mean, you put a guy in right field, he can, you know, we see, we've seen it more in those sports. And I'm not, I'm not saying it's not hard to play those sports. It's absolutely incredibly hard. But in terms of chemistry, you certainly need it more on the football field and the basketball court. I don't think there's any question about that. So, you know, it's a, it's a challenge, uh, but he's got the skill set. Again, I don't think anybody doubts that. Uh, it's just a matter of whether – you know, I mean, if he's the third, what, what grouping, what uh, point guard would he be going into his freshman season? If he's going to be the number three point guard, maybe you say, yeah, go ahead and play football. Or you say, gosh, he's only going to be the number three foot point guard, but we need him here all fall so he can develop. So he could be the number one guy next year. I mean, there's no, it's kind of like for, for every yin, there's some yang to it. You know what I mean? Does that make any sense, Nathan? Yeah, I think it'll be – I mean, we haven't had somebody like this just from our perspective to watch how his career unfolds at Auburn in a while. And so it'll be really interesting to see. Like you said, like getting him in at camp and football. Okay, how what is he lo- what is he looking like on the depth chart? You know, how much how much yeah. playing time is he is he how much time at? how much time can he miss? Now the other right. thing is maybe he goes through the fall and he's not playing that first year, and they say, All right, he's been with the football team all through August, September, October. Now he's ours. He's not playing. He's, he's just sitting on the bench. He's practicing. He's still getting better on the practice field, but he's not playing. We need him. 
we'll, we'll take them from here and you get them again next August. I mean, I don't know how they're going to figure this out. My guess is they probably just said, just do whatever it takes to get this kid and we'll figure all that out later. Is it usually, it's, <laughs> that's usually the case. Uh, but uh, again, uh, and let me, I hope I haven't upset any baseball people, Jason for starters, but, uh, but you know, it, it is interesting because again, it's how are they going to split this guy's time up? And that's what everybody says or what everybody means when they say, ultimately, he's going to have to choose one. Ultimately, he's going to have to choose one, you know. Uh, but the question is when. Maybe he'll just go through a season. Maybe he'll go through two. What if he's really good at both, though? What, then what do you do? I think he thinks right now his future's in basketball. But, you know, there's a lot of 6-1 point guards, and maybe he's really, really good. But what if he gets out on the football field and is just an absolute natural? I mean, you know, who knows? This could go in a lot of different directions. Yeah, I think it could be really interesting to watch and really fun for Auburn fans to observe at the beginning of his career. Um, then they got another commitment, Keith, a couple hours later. Um, yeah. I, I, I want to say a little bit more high profile, but Trey Donaldson is a great prospect as well. But mm -hmm. people have been mm -hmm. having their eye on Amari Kelly for a while, um, and they're able to pull away one of the state's best players. Again, we talked about he, he's the number two athlete in the state, according to the 24-7 sports composite. Um, yeah. Auburn projects him as a wide receiver. You, you and I have talked a little bit in the past about Cornelius Williams has done a good job. He's putting in some work right now and was able to snag a really good recruit in this class and their second receiver in the class. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> Auburn fans aren't big fans of T. Martin, but <laughs> the former Tennessee quarterback who, who kind of spurned Auburn to go up to, to Knoxville. But but I am, and I know him really well. We're, we're sort of buddies. And and he uh, we were talking a few months ago, and he told me how much he loved Cornelius. Like, he, that was his – that was his guy. He just thought he was a real up and comer. And he said, listen, man, this guy is going to be good. Trust me, this guy's going to be fine. And, uh, you know, not that long ago, you're thinking, is he really? I mean, wh where are the commitments here? He's a young coach. He's unproven on the field in the sense and the, at the power five level. And he's not getting any recruits. I mean, when is this going to happen? Is it going to take time? And I thought, you know, maybe it'll take a couple of years before he, he starts landing some big fish, but he got a really good player out of Texas in July, Jay Fair, now a receiver. Now, he's only a three-star, but could be on the cusp of a four-star. Really good player. Uh, I think people want to see some uh, – some. Uh, he's really fast, but he doesn't have, like, recorded times. So, I think people want to see a little bit more of him before they'll move him up. But really good player, by the, by the way. And then – so, now he lands four-star receiver. And he's listed as an athlete, but he's going to be a receiver. Amari Kelly, 6'2", 180 pounds. Hewitt Trustville High, just outside of Birmingham. Beautiful area. Uh, last season, 39 catches, 710 yards, seven touchdowns. He's really smooth out there. Uh, kind of reminds me a little bit of Xavier Capers, who's you know obviously receiver on the team right now, a little bit. I wouldn't say he's a burner. Now he's 6'2", 180, so that tells you he's got long legs. He's He was never going to be a 4'3 guy. I mean, it takes him a little bit longer to get going, but he's got some good long speed. Uh, and once he gets into his routes, you know, he's pretty crisp. Getting in and out of those breaks, really solid hands, long arms. He's lean. He can grow, so he'll probably be 200 pounds in a couple of years. He's got a really good catch radius, a high IQ. I mean, there's a lot to like here. Um, you know, there's a lot to like. And if his speed improves, he's not slow. He's more of a – I would put it this way. He's more of a – his better event is the 400 than the 100. That tells you everything you need to know. That tells you it takes him a little bit longer to get started, right? Uh, ninth in the state in the 400. Um, 
but he's football fast. He he's seen and you watch the film of him and he, he runs by a lot of people. So maybe he's just one of those guys that feels more comfortable with pads and when he gets going, uh, you know, comes from a good program that they throw the ball a lot. Um, he understands the, you know, what it is to be a receiver. They also run the ball a lot. Um, yeah, obviously. And, uh, you know, so he knows that you're going to have to block at that position as well. He's just, a, he's got a really good head on his shoulders. And I, I think most people that have interviewed him, I mean, he hadn't done a lot of interviews lately, but most of the people that have interviewed him enjoy talking to him. And I think it's a good pickup, a good in-state pickup. So how did they pull it off? You know, it wasn't that long ago when he was showing up on, um, you know, who could be next to commit list for Alabama. I think Alabama felt like they were in a really good position. Um, I think toward the end, they just weren't recruiting him as hard. Um, there's been some talk that maybe they wanted him to gray shirt or blue shirt, but you know, they liked them a lot. I, I think the people uh, that I know that cover Alabama said, Hey, they liked them a lot. It just, you know, they weren't recruiting him as hard as some other guys and Auburn was, and there's nothing wrong with that. I know people feel like, Oh, we only get guys if Bama doesn't do this or that, or no, 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 no. You shouldn't care. If Auburn wants him, that's all that matters. And Bama does like the guy. He does like, they do like Amari Kelly by uh, the people, according to the people that I work with that cover Alabama. So he's a good player. Um, and Auburn prioritized him. You know, the new staff didn't offer him right away, Nathan. They made him wait. They made him wait and they made him earn that reoffer. The old staff offered him. They made him come to camp in June and he showed up. And that tells you everything. That says, hey, this is a guy that's not afraid to get out there and earn an offer, not just say, well, if you don't like me off my film last year, you can take a hike. He didn't say that. He's not that kind of kid, doesn't have that kind of ego or attitude or any of that stuff. He went to camp, showed out, performed at a high level with the Auburn staff watching him, got reoffered. And from that point on, uh, you could sense a change of direction in his recruitment. Um, Auburn had really prioritized him, made him uh, near the top of the board kind of guy at receiver. He showed up at Big Cat, Auburn's big recruiting event. Nathan, you were there on uh, July 25th with his mom. It went really well. A lot of FaceTime with Brian Harson, Mike Bobo, the OC, and the receivers coach Cornelius Williams, who was pretty much attached to his hip for much of the day. And when he exited the stadium, you and I were both there. Who would we see next to him? Cornelius Williams. and um, Afterwards, we talked to some sources, people close to the recruitment. They said, you know, Auburn really did well this weekend, really did well. And it was at that point, I think I started thinking, yeah, maybe they will get him. Some of our subscribers thought before that, I wasn't quite sure. Um, I wasn't quite sure. But what I didn't know was that Auburn had already offered him, re-offered him in June. He kind of kept that quiet. Uh, so the feeling was if, he, if Auburn offered him again on July, July 25th at Big Cat, that they'd have a shot. Well, little did we know they'd already offered him in person at camp. So they were already a month ahead of what we were thinking. Uh, but after the reports from our intel suggested that Auburn made a big move, you started feeling more and more like it was a possibility. Uh, Kentucky was involved. I think we got an offer, a written offer from Georgia uh, after August 1st. So, so they, there was some interest there. UCF, he officially visited. You know, they had the previous relationships with him with, with so much of that staff down there having been at Auburn. But at the end of the day, uh, it's a big pickup for Auburn. In-state kid, high-profile kid, high-profile program. Hewitt Trustville, uh, a coach that's well-liked uh, up there, Josh Floyd. And uh, so, I, look, I think it's a, a very good pickup. I mean, you never know how any of these kids are going to be. You just you don't know. You really have no idea. But um, based on what you know of this guy, you, you like, you know, everything points to him being a good, solid college player. Me personally, I think it's going to take him a little bit of time. I think they, they get got to work on it short speed a little bit, but I I like the tools and I like I, I just from talking to him I just get the feeling that he's not afraid of competition. He's going to work really hard, and if he gets if he just improves in a few different areas, 
he's got he's already really solid everywhere else. Uh, he's a, he's a nice prospect. So I, I I definitely think that. And Hewitt Trustville kids tend to be be cool, uh, you know kind of hard workers. Uh, put their head down and, and roll up their sleeves and get to work. I mean, Noah Igbenogany, obviously, you know, uh, the cornerback that went in the first round of the Dolphins that played at Auburn, he was at that school. So the, the, developing a good reputation, just being a bunch of kids that work really hard. And I think Amari fits into that category. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, if I'm Auburn, I mean, I'm, I'm liking the the young crop of receivers you've gotten over the last oh, yeah. few classes. Um, you only, now, Hal Presley left, so you only have one in this last class, but Tavares Dawson is doing really good in camp. So you like the returns on him. And now you've got two in this class. Um, yeah. Just kind of looking ahead, Keith. So the last time we did something on here was before Caden story committed. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. since then, so now you've got three blue chip guys, Caden story, Trey Donaldson, Omari Kelly in the composite rankings. Um, you also got Jacoby Albert in that time, which I haven't yeah. checked since he committed, but he was the highest rated three star in the country. Yeah. So he's the yeah. guy that's right on the fringe. Um, yeah. as well five of, the, five of the 11 guys are four stars in the composite right. that's not yeah. terrible this class has really started to uh, they enter the top 40 today right I, they're, they're they're starting yeah. to shoot back up yeah it, it's starting it's starting to make some headway yeah. i i actually want to i hate to bring up bad news but you know once i once i hear something you you triggered me when you said how presley because, go for you know, it I, I well i've got I, I you know you do this job long enough i, I actually know somebody on the staff at baylor and they said they said he's doing really well out there and they, uh, they, well, they, they think he's got, well, doing well. Sorry. Let me rephrase that. They said that they believe he's going to be a high round draft pick. I don't know how well he's doing. That led me to assume he's doing pretty well, but anyway, yeah. I mean, you look at Auburn's class. I mean, I want to say on July 1st, it was either, it, it kind of, you know, it, it, sometimes it changes by the hour of the ranking. They were either 81st or 82nd. Well, now they're up to 38. Okay. So 38 still ain't great. Uh, it's still only, I should point out, 13th in the SEC, Nathan. Uh, but from 82nd or 81st to 38th, uh, and now the average rating per commit is 88.33. That's inching up, 90 being a four-star. That That's getting a little bit higher with a lot of these commitments. Uh, still in the game with a, a lot of good players. I mean, I'd love to be able to give you a list of 10 guys that I feel like they're going to get. I can't do that because it's kind of – they're coming in little bunches. And, and so the next group we're watching are a couple offensive linemen, Drew Bobo, EJ Eston Harris, uh, and then for another four-star receiver, Darius Clemens, who, uh, you know, we broke the news that he's going to visit Auburn September 4th with multiple people unofficially, by the way, he was already there for an official number one recruit in the state of Oregon. He's coming with two coaches, a mom, a stepmom, and his dad. And he may be moving up his timeline. The other finalists for him are Penn state and Oregon, both of whom have, kind of started to fill up, not started, but really filled up at receiver. Uh, sure is looking good for Auburn there. Now that's a guy that'll bump you way up in the rankings. Uh, another guy to keep an eye on, he's communicating, and I haven't put this on the board yet, forgive me. Maybe I'll do that tonight. Um, a guy that's communicating with a lot of Auburn commits, or, or excuse me, some Auburn commits, 
And I know it's been reported elsewhere that Auburn feels really good about him. I don't know, necessarily know that for sure or not, but Curtis Perry, the four-star defensive end, um, I think he'd be too much of an undersized tackle, so I'll call him an end. Um, I think Auburn's very much in the picture with him. Now, I have been saying that part for a while. I just don't – I'm not as confident. Uh, I don't know how Auburn feels. Um, I know, again, it's been reported elsewhere they feel really good. I don't know that for a fact. I have felt for a while and have been writing it that I think Auburn's got a shot. You know, so they're slowly putting together this pretty solid group. But, it, you know, obviously, is it going to be a top 10 class? Absolutely not. I just don't see how that's possible unless somehow they flip, uh, you know, a four, uh, five-star kid late. You know, um, Alabama commit, linebacker commit, Robert Woodyard visited Auburn once in June, was back in July. People wanted to keep that quiet. It sort of got out. So, you know, he said in an interview that he was there twice this summer. So I don't feel like I'm betraying him in any sense. But Auburn's got a shot there. So things are starting to come together a little bit. Uh, now, here's what the next step is, Nathan. Uh, the first, the high school seasons are starting. So once some targets and potential targets, not just guys they've offered, but guys that maybe could be getting offers, are going to have new film. They're going to have their first two, three, four games of highlights. And Auburn is waiting on some of those guys. I know this for a fact, waiting on some of those guys to either offer, not offer, make a move on, kids that they've already offered or say, eh, let's back off. Let's ease off. Let's go in a different direction. That's going to tell the tale of the final stretch run here, what they see on film. So there'll be another wave of guys they target probably after the first three, four games. Um, you know, so um, they got a lot of work to do. It's going to be a little bit of a smaller class. We think we don't think it's going to be full 25. Plus they're going to leave some spot because they oversigned last year with the transfers. Plus they're probably going to leave a couple spots for transfers for the next off season. Uh, my gut says, <coughs> Nathan, they're probably going to have to add an offensive tackle or two during the offseason, maybe some other positions. You know, sometimes you don't know, so I'm yawning, because you don't, you can't predict attrition, right? So um, right now you're thinking, okay, Auburn may not need any linebackers, even though they're losing a few, but what if one or two guys decide to transfer? You know, so things can change in a hurry, so that they'll probably leave a few spots open there. But, again, I think if you're an Auburn fan, there's some there's light at the end of the tunnel now. The, the dark darkness is starting to, to to fade away a little bit. And you say, okay, we're still only 13th in the SEC, but if we can get Drew Bobo and we can do this and we can do that, and you're an Auburn fan, you're thinking, okay, it could, you know, let, the next step is to get into the top 30 and then the top 25. And then you then you go back and say, okay, top 25 isn't great, but are there some potential difference makers and, you know, all that stuff. So it's starting to come together and look and, and if they win some games, that'll probably lead to a little bit more momentum on the recruiting trail. And there'll be kids that are committed to other schools that visit that fall in love with Auburn as they do every year uh, at a game. And uh, you know, so, you know, there's probably going to be a handful of guys that end up in the class that we're not even talking about right now. There's going to be a lot of changes between now and December. And then, once they figure out who they sign in December, what spots are left open, there'll be more guys popping up. And, you know, again, there's, there's, um, you know, coming off that 15 month dead period because of COVID, there's still some unknowns out there. There still are some kids that the last time any saw them, uh, anybody saw them were 5'10, who are now 6'6 six, six and 290. I mean, so there's going to be people bursting on the scene. You know, they offered a defensive tackle two weeks ago, Quintel Jones out of Georgia. He's rising up the charts. They're trying to get him on campus for an official. So, they're, they're, and meanwhile, Maxie Baudin, 
defensive tackle from Louisiana, who we've been projecting to Auburn. We no longer project to Auburn. We don't think they're as hot on him anymore. So things are constantly evolving and changing. Yeah, you're right. Bodine was the one that over the summer we saw him, and I think I did the story on that one. Yeah, I was thinking the whole time that he was all the way with Auburn. So like you said, things can change. I I will say this, though. Sometimes you think, oh, we can't get any commitments. That's what fans are thinking. Why can't Auburn get any commitments? And a lot of times it's, oh, they can get commitments. There's some guys right now that they could get with one phone call tonight, but they want to see more film or they're comparing them to somebody else and need to see which one looks better in three weeks than – than they did in, in the summer. So, I mean, there's always a lot of evaluations going on that determine that stuff. They could easily be taking guys left and right now and just fill up some crappy class, but that's not the goal. That's not the goal at all. They're being patient. Now, by the way, it doesn't mean this is going to work. I mean, you never know. Well, ask me in three, four years, but they're doing it the way they feel is the best, which is they're taking their time, taking some steps back. You're going to miss on some guys. People don't know who they are. Play the long game. And that's what somebody told me back in June that works over there. They said, look, we're just going to lay in the weeds for uh, for as long as we can here, kind of recruit guys quietly and and, and see what we can do. And, you know, uh, again, that was when they had three commitments and now they got 11. So whatever they're doing seems to be working now. It took some time. Uh, when are there going to be some big guns? That I can't predict. I mean, Curtis Perry would certainly be a big one. That's for sure. Don't have a real time frame on him. Just know that some of the Auburn commits are working on him pretty hard. Uh, but but I think things are trending in the right direction. The question is, is it going to be a top 25 class or a top 15 class? Probably somewhere in between, if I had to guess. Yeah, and right now, you, you know, you said it is going to be a small class. But when you, look at, the, yeah, think, when you yeah. look at the SEC, um, there's only one school in the SEC right now that has less commitments. Auburn has 11, and that's Ole yeah. Miss. And Ole Miss is in last place. And there are three teams ahead of Auburn right now, Arkansas, uh-huh. Mississippi State, and Vandy, that have 17 commitments. So – yeah. You know, like you said, it is kind of the long game. You you have to see how things play out over time when those well, averages start to recruit, play out. Yeah, recruiting rankings are a combination of <laughs> – it's a combination of how many commitments you have ver, uh, with how good the, each commit is. So, you know, the rating of the commit, how highly rated are they? So uh, how highly rated they are. And so Auburn, uh, you know, even though they're only 38, again, they only have 11 commitments – the average rating per commit is a high three starts. Not what we're used to seeing. It's it's still, you know, the Auburn's usually around that 90.0 mark and they're 88 right now, 88 something. So they're a little bit behind that, but, that, but it's, it's creeping up. And so the quality right now seems to be not so bad with the class. It's just the quantity that's still lagging. In other words, if they had 14 or 15 commitments right now, they'd already be in the top 25. So it's it's I don't know if that makes sense. I'm, I'm I think the quality of there is no definitely. There, you know? yeah. Now now you could say oh, there's no stars yet though. There's no there's no where who's the superstar of the class and and I, I get that I could see that we don't now some of these guys could end up being stars but who is the who's the hot shot recruit and there there isn't one of those yet. I think you know like you said earlier Darius Clemens would probably qualify as that. Or at least close to that. Yeah, one, if, if well, he, Curtis, if he ends Curtis up Perry, Curtis Perry. If you could get him, mm-hmm. you know, Robert Woodyard would be a big name. Um, so I, I, you know, they they look. They got a ways to go here, but what we've seen in the last seven eight weeks is a major uptick. Uptick. They're on the upswing, and so let's see what the next couple months bring. And there's some big targets out there, but again, now the real question is class to me is, are they going to start getting some interior guys on both uh, on offensive and defensive lines? Right. When are we going to see some linemen commit? 
I mean, yeah, it's great that they're getting all these guys, but you know, who's going to block for them and who's going to, who's going to man the front on the defensive line. So that's where the emphasis is going to be. They're doing so good at receiver. I mean, they may be done at receiver, you know, before long. Uh, so a lot of the concentrated efforts are going to be on the offensive and defensive lines. I don't think there's any question about that. It's going to be a team effort. I can tell you that. Yep. And Damari Austin, the new running back commit has, uh, has taken on a role himself to try to be. <laughs> He's awesome. Bob. I love him. And yeah, I've known yeah. him and his dad. I've known him and his dad for a few years. And, uh, and, you know, I look, that's it, it, some part of me says that, you know, some of that's overrated because these kids are getting recruited by kids in every school. But you know, if you really connect with the kid, uh, I think more than anything, you want to see it not necessarily because of the results. You want to see it because it shows a kid cares. Like he's not, he, he, he wants to, he's invested in Auburn. You know what I mean? Holden Gurner, the quarterback committee, he's out there recruiting too. I don't know if they're going to get anybody. I don't know how well they're going to do. Well, I mean, they're obviously going to get commits, but I mean, are they going to be the reasons why they choose Auburn? I don't know. But I know one thing that those guys are putting a lot into this and they care. They care. They want to play with good guys and they want to win and they want to win for Auburn. And that's what you want. You want guys buying into what you are and who you are early. And they seem to be doing that. And so that's a, and they're not alone. There's other ones too. So I think that's, I think that's a good sign because the guys that care probably going to practice a little harder, probably aren't going to, aren't going to run and leave at the first sign of adversity. And so I think there's, I think there's, that's what I'm looking at it for more than anything. Who are the guys out there really trying to, I put this together. A lot of kids commit and you never hear from them again until signing day. Well, why not? You know what I mean? Why not? Why weren't you trying to help? And I think that's important. So, Yeah, certainly some promising signs for Auburn recruiting. They go two for one on Thursday with Trey Donaldson and Amari Kelly. Could be getting some more good news here in the next few weeks, few months. Uh, AuburnUndercover.com, Keith Niebuhr, our great recruiting insider, will have it all covered. Um, Go check things out as the months progress leading up to the season recruiting, obviously now back into full swing. Thanks so much to Keith for coming on and giving us a lot of insight. It's got a lot of information um, about these guys and what the future of Auburn recruiting could look like over the next little bit. So as I said, if you're a subscriber, you will absolutely be in the know about everything um, that's coming up with Auburn football and basketball recruiting could be a big, big next few months. Talking about Darius Clemens, the wide receiver, if they lock down that wide receiver class, Auburn's done a great job recruiting the receiver position since the middle of the Gus Malzahn era. They've been pulling in great, great players. Obviously, a couple of years ago, they had five receivers in one class, four of whom were four stars. Now you get to kind of replenish things a little bit. Like we talked about, they only had one receiver in this past class, Travars Dawson. Now you're replenishing. You could have three receivers in this class, all of whom could be blue chip prospects at the time. It's all said and done. So you'll be in the know if you stay at auburnundercover.com. Thank you guys so much for listening to this edition of the show. Please leave us a five-star review if you liked it. That is the number one thing that helps us out. Go and leave me um, some sort of message if you have any suggestions or anything like that. Love the feedback from you guys at Nathan King 247 on Twitter or find me on the message board. Shoot me a direct message. The intro and outro music is by Beats by Mordecai. You can find him on SoundCloud, Twitter, and Instagram. And until the next episode, I will catch you guys later. Everybody have a great rest of the week. Mm-hmm.